Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. Just started the recording. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> so, you know, tonight I, I want to talk about... Um, these next three weeks, I want us just to talk about some areas of deliverance, being delivered, um, and areas that we may not normally think about when we think about being delivered from something. First of all, let's, let's kind of get into that. Um, if we look at the Bible, one of the most distinguishing features of the Word of God is how God provides deliverance to His people, for His people. Deliverance means to be set free. Um, it means to be taken from one place and released into another. I want you guys to really understand that because when most Christians think about deliverance, they will think about a few cases in the Bible of Jesus delivering a man, a woman from a, a specific demon or demons. But deliverance is so much more uh, deeper than that. Deliverance is, 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 is so powerful. There is, and this is what I want to bring out tonight, and one specific topic tonight that I believe covers a lot of um, the hurt and the fear and the anger that we, we sometimes carry. In the Old Testament, God delivered his people um, out of the bondage of slavery from who? Pharaoh. Now, y'all remember that Pharaoh is is, is a type and cast and picture of Satan. You know, Pharaoh did the same thing to uh, the, the children of Israel that Satan is trying to do right now. He's trying to keep Christians um, in bondage, held up, um, delayed, um, compromising. I mean, the list goes on and on of what the enemy wants to do in order to captivate the Christian mind so much that we don't think about the things of God. We only think about our problems, or we think about somebody else's problems, or, or we, or maybe our view is focused on just just the negativity that we see all around. And granted, hey, there's a lot of negativity around us. I mean, we're, we're not. I'm not up here to deny the negativity that's out there. But how many of you know it's a choice if we're going to live in the atmosphere and the culture of negativity? All right. If your wife is negative, you say, "Woman, get out." No, no, you don't do that. Don't do that. Look, look at all the men are like, that's bad advice, Pastor. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But there are things that, that we need to, to, to deal with in our lives, some areas that, that God is really attempting to deliver us from, but we sometimes don't see it as something that we need to be delivered from. Sometimes we see it as, hey, this is normal. My family's always done this. We've always thought this way. We've always talked this way. This is normal for my family. But if you look at what it means to be a living, breathing disciple of Jesus, the characteristics of Christ don't usually contain the things that we are seeing, these generational curses in our family. Okay? So, so you guys know that God's people were set free from bondage and free from slavery. We, we, we see that. Even though Moses didn't make it to the promised land, his leaders did, and, and many of the people did. They did make it there. So 
we will see in just the next few minutes, so I just wanted to bring this out tonight, that um, deliverance, when we talk about deliverance, deliverance means God is, now I hate to give this example because it's so cheeseball, but it really is a good picture of what deliverance is supposed to be, and that is the transporter room in Star Trek. I know, I know, it's geeky, and I should have said it, but I can't, I can't go back now, okay? It's too late. I've already nerded up tonight, okay? All right. So, so you know in Star Trek, you know, they go, go to the transporter room, and then they are transported to another planet, transported to another time, another place, another destination. That's how I want you to see deliverance. Where you, where you are right now and the struggles that you are having right now, God has full intention to deliver you from many of those struggles. However, let's remember, sometimes God will not transport us to our next season until we have actually done what he has called us to do in the current season. And that means in the current season, as bad as it hurts and aches, and as much as you weep, and as much as you struggle, and as much as you lose sleep, God, with a loving Father, right? Now, this is, this is all scriptural. A loving Father will allow His son and daughter to go through turmoil to grow them up and to mature them. Okay? Do we like it? Do we enjoy it? No. But we have to do it in order to grow and, and be moved forward. So, tonight I want to talk about one specific topic, which is... Being delivered from what the Bible referred to as a wounded spirit. A wounded spirit. So we kind of begin this quick study with a picture of rejection found in Isaiah chapter 54, 6. Now this is a very poignant um, picture of a broken-hearted married woman. I'm not going to read it all to you, but if you got your Bible, um, it's Isaiah 54, 6. And it says this, For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife, when you were refused, says your God. Now, just to give you the cliff note version, this picture here is of a young woman, recently married most likely, who finds that her husband does not really have affection or even love her. Maybe he has no time for her or shows no interest in her. Possibly he is even preparing to divorce her to find another wife. Scripture describes her, and I just read it as forsaken and grieved in spirit. Now, there is a type of wound which is very hard to bear. There are wounds that we can bear in our life that are way more difficult than even losing a leg. And that is a spiritual cut, a spiritual wound that cuts you so deep you don't even know how to face the next day. Has anybody ever felt that way? You go through something so traumatic that that night you're like, you know what? I'm good with not waking up. Yeah? And that, that is what's called a, a wounded spirit. Something that you cannot even sit in front of a pastor, a counselor, a psychologist, whomever, 
and explain the hurt that you are going. It is, it is, it is very unlikely that a person that has not been through that can even understand, even a counselor can even fully understand the depths of the pain and the despair and the desperation and the depression and the oppression that you are dealing with. But guess what? God understands. The Bible tells us that God comes to heal the broken hearted, those that are broken in spirit. Did you know that you can have a physical ailment, you can have a cardiac issue, you can have cancer, and the, the wound of that, and the fear of that, and the progression of that disease is terrible, but you know what's even more terrible? The emotional pain that is inflicted through the process of radiation, chemotherapy, Alzheimer's care, the Parkinson's, um, you know, we see people every single, I was in the nursing home today, or really was in assisted living, I was in assisted living today, and just, I was in there about 20 minutes, and it's like the level of loneliness and the level of, of despair, just walking down one hallway with, 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 with folks just aching for somebody to talk to because nobody talks to them is is probably they would probably choose to take a finger take a hand take an arm than me sit here in this wheelchair in this bed with this wounded wounded spirit my son my daughter will never visit me and this is what i saw for years why do you why do y'all think i did so many funerals as a chaplain because the family members didn't even want to involve the minister of their church in the death of their loved one because it was so scary to them. And this is reality. Most people in America are scared to even walk into a nursing home because there's a deep-seated fear that that may be them one day. What I'm talking about tonight is a wounded spirit. This woman was obviously suffering from such a wound to her spirit. We can't put up with, we can put up with a wounded body, but a wounded spirit is an unbearable affliction. So then we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. And it says this, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So, we know that, that we, our spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, right? Our soul is our, is our mind, the way we think, it's our, it's our free will, our, our decisions, how we make choices, and it's our emotions. But what happens when you are in a situation and the enemy uses a person in your life, maybe a person that you trusted and are close to, maybe a, maybe a spouse, maybe your son, maybe your daughter, maybe your best friend, maybe your pastor. The list goes on and on and on of people that you've been close to that the enemy has used to afflict you and wound your spirit. And what do we do? We sit around blaming that person for the wound, when, hey, do they share that responsibility of yielding to the enemy? Absolutely, 
right? Nobody, nobody gets off the hook with God. Let's remember that, right? God is going to judge the quick and the dead. God is going to ch- judge what we look at, what we listen to, what we hear, what we speak, what we do. God is going to judge it all for the quick and the dead. For us as Christians, and now there are going to be different kinds of judgment. We won't get into that tonight. And our judgment as Christians is going to look very different than the judgment of an unsaved person, a person that does not know Jesus. But regardless, we are going to have to look God in the eye and we're going to have to go over some things. And he's going to bring up some things. There, there's, y'all, y'all know, raise your hand if you know there's no secrets with God. I mean, we can, we can put a mask on all we want at church, right? Put our Pentecostal mask on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ain't that grand? You don't say that, but I do. All sorts of stuff that we do uh, because we're so used to getting in that identity of, oh, man. This is, what, this is what I need to look like. This is what I need to sound like. This is what I, how I need to appear. But we do it We do it subconsciously. And so what I want to say to you guys tonight in, in regards to a wounded spirit, there are some areas that you have been wounded that I'm not asking you to dig down deep and pull them up out. What I'm asking you tonight is to allow the Holy Spirit to identify, to see that area, to expose that area, and begin to allow Him to deliver you from that affliction. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's a current memory. Maybe it's a memory from many years ago of abuse. Maybe it was an abuse from one person. Maybe it was an abuse from multiple people. I mean, you guys have heard me say this a million times on these Wednesday nights, these discipleship nights. Is is I mean, I lived in Houston, Texas, and, and I am seeing and feeling and being around more sexual abuse in this area than I've ever experienced in my life. You guys believe that? Because it's true. The average age of a young person viewing pornography for the first time is seven years old. We should be disgusted by that. We should be throwing phones and iPads away. We should be taking a stand. If you're, if you're a person that has gone through a difficult childhood and you went through abuse and uh, the, the, the enemy has continued to bring that up in your life time and time again. And out of that wounded spirit, what does the enemy want you to do? He wants you to medicate over and over and over again. Whether it's alcohol, whether it's smoking, whether it's sleeping around, whether it's pornography, whatever it is, whatever, maybe overeating. Whatever it is, the enemy wants to hammer you down and keep you in bondage. But your God says, hold on a second, I'm the deliverer. If you seek my face, I will deliver you. Why was there such a delay in, in the wilderness? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons, there was a, 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 quite a long delay, and, and, you know, an eight-week trip turned into 40 years. That's quite an extended non-vacation, don't you think? What was the main reason? 
People sat around complaining. I wish we had this. I wish we had that. Oh, we know that we have food and drink falling from heaven daily, but, you know, can, do you think we could get some prime rib too? Do you think we could get some fajitas, God? I mean, that's a sermon title right there. Lord, send the fajitas. Right? See, now I'm bringing up my bondage. Right? Listen, I know I'm wrong with people. You don't need to tell me. So have you ever noticed when some people get the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and, you know, we've got Pentecostal Sunday coming up, even a strong, self, self-reliant men, strong men, when the Holy Spirit really is doing a work, and men and women alike, but I love when it happens to men, when they're just these big, burly men, they come up, because, I mean, I've, de- I've dealt with all kinds, and I just love, you know, give me the, the tough guy, the, you know, gangster slash biker slash Southern Baptist Convention reject. Or just whatever, right? And, and they come up, oh, I, I really love the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know why I've been thinking lately, but praise God, if you're still Southern Baptist, you can still make it to heaven. All right. All right. Anyways. So, so I just love that people get baptized, they get saved, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just breaks them, and this, this man that hasn't cried for years just busts open, and is just, just right before the Lord doesn't care, and it's crying, and on his knees, and there's, you know, snot everywhere, and there's tears everywhere, and, and all these great things are happening, and then after that, maybe many minutes later when things calm down, maybe the service is over with, that, that, that man is like, oh man, I cannot believe I, I lost it. I, I just, I feel so bad. I hope I didn't embarrass him. And, and what we should be is like, dude, that was what a man is supposed to be. A broken and contrite heart, broken before God, excited that, that their life was changing right then in the blink of an eye. And that's what deliverance looks like. God transporting a person from their current culture, their mindset, their lifestyle, the way they think, the way they touch, the way they look at things. Every single sense about them, God takes that and he puts them in a completely different spiritual environment in order to clean them up and to save them. I mean, isn't this what we want for our family? Isn't this what you want for your marriage? For your kids? For your grandchildren? You, you have an expectation that God is going to deliver them? Well, what, what, what's, what's it going to take for everybody in here to be delivered from a wounded spirit? I'm going to get to that in a minute, okay? So, I'm not going to preach long tonight. Um, all this is to illustrate that there is a, a deep, recessed area in all of this that a minister cannot get to, a counselor cannot get to, medication cannot get to, a church cannot get to, friends cannot get to, a spouse, children, grand, that all of these loves, all of this help, all this support, none of these people can get to this recessed area, this hidden knot of a wounded spirit on the inside of us. 
The only person that can get to that and heal that is the Holy Spirit. Don't you think if we actually fully believed what I just said, that the only person that can get to that knot, that wounded spirit, because everybody says, I'm, I'm fine. How you doing? I'm fine. No, how you really doing? I'm fine. Oh, that's great. How you really doing? Eh, I'm kind of fine. Right? I mean, you can ask the question a million times, and people that do not want to move will not move. People that do not want to be healed will not be healed. When you start talking about, uh, I was speaking to a young man today, and this young man um, uh, thinks he knows everything. This young man knows her. This young man knows, he even knows what I'm about to say before I say it. So he interrupts. I mean, it's a smart kid. Don't know anybody like that? Where everybody, they just know more than everybody else. Huh? I have this saying, if you think that you are the smartest person in the room, you are absolutely the dumbest one. You are. Because... God wants to take the deficiency of pride, which is a sin, by the way, and he wants to replace it with humility so that you are moldable, so that you can be molded, so that you can be ripe for the harvest, so that you can be the church that is without spot, or wrinkle. How, how many churches, if we just look at the actual landscape in America right now, and, and let's, let's, we'll just, I'll pick a little bit, I don't care. What about the Methodist church right now? When I was growing up, and we went to the Methodist church twice a year, we were committed. Twice a year. But the Methodist church was preaching the word. The Methodist Church was talking about Jesus. The Methodist Church, did y'all know that the Assemblies of God is a branch off the Methodist? But you didn't know that. The Methodist Church was doing a lot of great things. There's still Methodist churches doing a lot of great things. But almost 85% of Methodist churches right now in America are splitting. Why are they splitting? Because the hierarchy of the Methodist uh, convention, church, whatever their title is, has now decided to take the woke route. So now, if you want to, if you're a boy and you want to be a girl, you we we can talk it out, and Jesus is going to be okay with that. See, see, those are teachings that come out of a wounded spirit, and a, and a wounded spirit is something that we we all deal with, all of us. So, for each of us, just like the Methodist Church, they, they, are, they are not taking us. This is just, you can go look this up, Google this, figure it out, find it, make sure what I'm telling you is accurate. But right now, what we see in America in the Methodist Church is an absolute decline from the Word of God. You may not like what I just said, but it's happening. And that's just one. The Episcopal Church began to have uh, 
gay and lesbian ministers years ago. Over 20 years ago now. So let me go back to the climate question. And the climate of what God says about seven churches is right at this moment, if Jesus were to come back today, is the Methodist Church and the Episcopal Church ready to meet the face of God? The answer is absolutely a resounding no. Right? So, but all of this, all these false teachings, all of this misappropriation of, of real theology comes from who? It doesn't come from a man. It comes from the spirit of Antichrist. This is anti-Jesus everything. The person of Jesus means love, compassion, kindness, but also judgment. Also grace. Also mercy. Right now as we sit here in this chapel, we are experiencing the dispensation of God's Grace, and we don't even recognize it. We're under, we're sitting under so much peace right now. We forget how easy life is at this very moment. But all those things are changing. Like literally, they're changing before our eyes. So here's a couple of scriptures I want to throw at you. As an example, in Psalm 147, it says that the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The word translated broken here means shattered and heart. It's roughly a sentiment for a sentiment. I must be wanting a cinnamon drink or something. I don't know where that came from. But it's roughly a synonym for spirit. So the Lord does not wound our spirits or break our hearts. Just the opposite. He heals them. And we need to understand that because when, when, you, when you're locked up inside and your coping, coping mechanism for years has now been alcohol... You're not, you, you've gone way past the point of expecting God to do something great because your medication is sustaining you. But it's just a, it's just a demonic band-aid. That's a good sermon title. Demonic band-aid. Yeah. Proverbs 15, 13. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 14.10, the heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. We're hurt. We're wounded. We're rejected. Raise your hand if you've ever been rejected here by somebody in your life. That's probably everybody. Listen to this quote. While sickness of the spirit is caused by what we do, sickness of the emotions is generally caused by what is done to us. It grows out of the hurts done to us by other persons or some experience we have been exposed to in the past. 
These hurts affect us in the present in the form of bad memories and in weak or wounded emotion. This in turn leads us into various forms of sin, depression, a sense of worthlessness and inferiority, unreasoning fears and anxieties and psychosomatic illnesses, etc., etc., etc. Included in this are the present-day effects of the sins of the parents and the bloodline of a person. Thus, healing of past hurts touches the emotions, the memories, and the person's bloodline. There, this, there is, this is so deep. If you guys want to, want to do a deep dive in the Word of God about something, maybe do it on curses. Do it on generational sin, generational curses. What the Father has carried from the third and the fourth generation. Did, did you know? Did you know that uh, even even an eating disorder and diabetes can be a generational curse that's not been broken. We always think about, you know, illicit drugs. But what's the drug that I've struggled with my whole life is emotional eating. That's bondage. And bondage can only be broken when we're serious about God allowing it to be broken. Are there reasons? Are there other bodily issues and functions to deal with? Of course, I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is what you can change in your life, it's imperative for you to do so. The things that you can change before God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things to the glory of God. Is everything in your life right now to the glory of God? That's, that's a question. Not to make you feel bad, it's to get you to think. It's to get you to, to walk out here and think about your life, not just, hey, we had a little silly Bible study tonight and we really feel good about knowing how the disciple walked on the water. That's so cool. Wow. 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 Way to go, Jonah. You're awesome. I mean, haven't y'all had enough of that? Y'all are way past that. Way past that. We need to do a deep dive into the areas of our life where a wound has been inflicted. And we need to give a passageway to the Holy Spirit to get into that area and heal that area. Did you know what's, you know what's going to happen? When you allow that, that wounded spirit of yours to heal and be delivered, you're going to start promoting deliverance to everybody else around you. Because people are going to see you laugh more and smile more and not be down about daily stuff. I mean, we get down about the stupidest crap. Don't we? I got mad a couple of weeks ago because McDonald's chipped me on a nugget. <laughs> I'm not joking. I was like, what? How dare you chip me on a 40-piece nugget? No, I'm kidding. I'm so joking. I'm, not, I'm, I'm mad. I ain't that mad. 
until it's a 30 piece. <laughs> oh man, totally joking. So, so we understand that, that there is a sickness of the spirit, and and who who is the healer of all sickness? Jesus. He's the only one that can heal you of the sickness, the demise of the wounded spirit. So I'm going to say just a few more things, and then we're gonna we're gonna close for tonight. Short short service tonight. I love this quote by Paula Sanford. She says. I think she's one of the leaders for the Elijah House. And she says, Christian healing comes then not by making a broken thing good enough to work, but by delivering us from the power of that broken thing so that it can no longer rule us. And by teaching us to trust His righteousness to shine in and through that very thing. People have problems that sometimes remain untouched. Now listen to this, because theologically, and well, our theology, but this is, this. I mean, I love this quote because it, it, it's like, man, I read it today, and I was like, hmm. And she says here, people have problems that sometimes remain untouched by conversion, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Bible study, and personal prayer and devotional time. Now, most Christians would be like, oh, no, no, that's not, that's not true, that's not true. But I want you to think about how many Christians you know in your life that love the Lord, truly love God, and yet are still struggling with bondage in their life. Guess what? That's the majority of the people that you know. That's the majority that is the majority. And guess what? There's a cure for it. There's a cure for it. The cure is our Savior, our Messiah. So, so here's, here's what I'm going to leave you with. And I'll say this again. Luke 4.18, Jesus came to heal the broken, hearted, and set at liberty those who are bruised. He's talking about the wounded spirit. That internal deep part of us that we don't talk about with anyone. You know what I hear a lot from people over the years? And I, and I do feel honored by this and I'm thankful for it. Um, I'm not really, there's not much that shocks me anymore. But I'll know somebody for a while, maybe six months, a year, two years, and they'll finally come open. and They'll just open up with something, some type of traumatic event, you know, in their life. Some type of traumatic issue. And they will say, Pastor Court, um, I want you to know this because I've never told anybody this. And they'll tell me, and even if it is something maybe that I was shocked about years ago, um, I always made sure that I didn't come across as being shocked. What? You did what? You're crazy. You know, I don't do that. It's more like, ah, oh, yeah, you know. Or, yeah, I did that too in my youth. Pretty stupid thing to do. But they've never told somebody, well, what, what, what does that do? When you raise up something that the enemy has want, wanted you to hide, and it comes into the light, guess what happens then? Healing begins to flow. Forgiveness begins to flow. The hurt, maybe the hurt doesn't go away immediately, or the, the pain of that memory, but something just happens in the heavenly places when you admit 
man, I committed this act. I know God has forgiven me, but there's something attached, something I need release of. So I want to give you the answer tonight, and, and you're going to be like, well, duh, we know that already. But there's a matter of knowing something and reading something biblically and actually committing your life to it. And this, this slide right here. It's this slide right here. Thank you. Good job, baby. Father, in Jesus' name, I forgive. You plug in the name. Some of you in this room tonight still have not done this. But you say that you've done it. I'm not calling you a liar because I think we're all pretty good about lying to ourselves and believing it. I want to make you aware tonight that this is the main reason why we have not been delivered from certain things in our life. Is we are still holding unforgiveness towards someone, a group of people, numerous people, whatever. We have to let that go. It doesn't matter what has been done to you. All that hurts, God knows it. He, he loves you. He, he's, he, it's horrible that you went through that. But it is, and this is going to sound really crass and, and, and probably rude. But that is not an excuse to be out of the presence of God for all eternity. It's because you chose to hold on to a grievance, an offense. No matter, and listen, I had to look around in this room and I know some, some, some heinous stories. Some stories of, of what, you, you guys ever watch, and I know this is a super spiritual question here. But because the show has been on the air for like, I don't know, 30 years. Um, but it's um, SVU, Special Victims Unit. What's the name? Law and Order. Thank you. Mariska Harkatay. Mariska Harkatay. Thank you, Candace, for saying, <laughs> saying the name of the main actor in the show. Let's take a minute and pray for my wife, Lord. <laughs> We, we, we said to Cooper the other day, we said, Cooper, say this name for us. Mariska Marquette. And he said, <laughs> Anyways, if y'all have seen that show, you know it's about sexual crime. It's about horrible stories, things that have got real life stories, you know. In and some of you have those stories, and some folks listening have those stories. There, unfortunately, there's an episode of that show that could have been made from your life and from your pain. And why am I bringing this up? Well, not only does the Lord want me to bring it up, but He wants you to bring it up too and stop hiding. I'm not saying you need to blast it to the world. But I think you need to get verbal with God tonight. Say, Jesus, this has been hiding in the recess of my spirit for years. 
And the enemy has used it over and over again to sabotage relationships, sabotage me financially, sabotage me emotionally, spiritually, psychosocially. The list goes on. And, it, it, and that is what the enemy wants to do is to take a recessed area of your life and exploit it. We need to give that to the Lord. And if you guys are, can be with me on this tonight, I'd like us to do that before we leave tonight. Will you, you can sit there and I want you to bow your heads. Okay, so why don't you just lower the lights a little bit. Let's play a little worship music, not too loud. And I want y'all to take a few minutes before you go. You can leave when you want to. Let me pray first. And then I want to leave it to you guys to not leave here tonight until you have taken the stance of true forgiveness. You cannot be delivered until you forgive. You can't. Father, we thank you that in the next few minutes we're going to, we're coming before you before our God, our Savior, before your throne. We are saying, God, expose everything that I've hidden, everything that has tied me to my past, every issue of assault and abuse and rape, molestation, drug abuse, illicit behaviors, sexual issues, the list goes on and on, God, you know exactly God, I pray right now that you would speak to each and every person here tonight and that in turn they would speak to you. They would give up this area of their life. They will allow true deliverance to come to them in that deep, knotted area of their life. Maybe it's something in the past. Maybe it's something very current. 